Hi, everybody. This is Art Barter with the Servant Leadership Institute. Today, we've got some special guests with us, David and Sarah Suter. I've known them for, oh gosh, how many years now? Probably seven, seven, seven years. Seven years. Yeah. yeah. They are uh, very involved leaders, uh, senior leaders in CBSI here in San Diego. David and Sarah, welcome to the Servant Leadership Institute podcast. Thanks for having us back. It's always yeah. fun to join you. Now, I know you guys usually do a, a, a Tuesday talk, coffee talk, right? Tuesday coffee, coffee talk. talk yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> so if you get a chance to listen to these two, they, they really do some special work. So anyway, great to have you guys on board today. Thank you. It's Thank great you. to be here. Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking about you just got back from some time on the river. So you're all uh, all ready to go. Get back yeah, in the swing of things. We'd like to say we're rested, but you know, taking three teenage boys on vacation, you need a vacation after your vacation. Yeah, no kidding, huh? <laughs> and grandparents. <laughs> and uncle. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we're past that time, so. Yeah, yeah that's why we spent the day at the beach yesterday, or on Sunday, just the two of us to, you know, reconnect and have some alone time, because it's usually, the, the vacation was nine of us you know, full time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, okay. Well, welcome back home so you can rest up. That's good. I've known David and Sarah for some time. David and I are in a CEO group in San Diego called Convene, Christian CEOs that we get together. Well, we used to get together once a month. Yeah. Now we're touching base about every two weeks via Zoom, right, David? Um, yeah. yeah. We haven't seen each other physically for several months now, which is unfortunate, but we do catch up well on Zoom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I've been told that I look younger on Zoom. So I really like the Zoom stuff. So that's good. Yeah. So anyway, guys, tell us a little bit about what, what you guys do. Tell us a, bit, a little bit about your company, what drives you to do what you do. And But first, tell us a little bit about what CBSI stands for and, and what it does. So CBSI stands for Consolidated Building Systems. And we are going on our 34th year of business. It's a company that my father started back in 1986, Lou Suter. Um, I joined them going on 22 years ago. And so the services we provide are construction management, relocation planning, project management, and facilities planning. And um, so anyway, from corporations to municipalities to higher education, uh, kind of a mixed bag of clients over the years. And uh, we spent over 20 years in higher education and now we're spending more of our time with municipalities and corporations. So it kind of just goes back and forth. Um, and we like the variety. That's cool. And David, your position with the company? I am the president of CBSI. My father is the CEO and Sarah is the vice president. Cool. Cool. So who really takes orders from who? Sarah's in charge. <laughs> Sarah's in charge. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's a little inside family run, run <laughs> joke, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've only uh, been in charge for a couple of years. They were doing very well on their own without me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we've been in business, like I said, 34 years, and my father and I have been running the show for a while. Over the last 10 years or so, I've taken more of the lead role of running the business, and Sarah joined us going on uh, three years ago to really help us move the business forward on strategy and um, just looking at things different. She came from 15 years of higher education, which is where you originally met her. Um, right, right, exactly. Yeah, so um, she came over, and it really ch helped us change the culture of the business and the strategy and the tacticalness of, of the business and how we're going to move forward and doing things differently uh, than we've done we've ever done before. So it's been a great blessing for her to have joined us, and you know we've we've come a long way, and we got big plans to go a lot farther. 
Yep, yep. Now I have to tell a story on you too. When the COVID-19 thing started, you guys started working at home, right? And I think it was on a dining room table together. Yes. <laughs> and then I think about three or, three or four weeks later, the next update was you had built two desks and they were kind of at separate ends of the room. Um, yeah, I got a big kick out of that. That was, that was kind of cool. So the reality of uh, being together 24 seven already is a lot when you run and own a business together, but then you're forced to work from home. Like we have separate offices at least in our, you know, when we're yep. at work. So yep. yeah, we, we use plants as a divider. It was like, stay in your lane, stay in your space. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh -huh. <laughs> I know when I first started working at home, when COVID-19 started, after a couple of days, Lori told me at night, she says, I, I now understand why you don't have much to say when you come home. And I said, why? She says, you talk all day long. And you're in meetings yeah. all day long, you know? So I said, yeah, you know, I, I, I need to save up some words for when I get home. Um, <laughs> so it's been an adjustment. Tell us a little bit about the values of the company, because I think they're, they're unique and I think it's what sets you apart in the marketplace. Yeah, you know, leading teams and, and leadership and people are our passion and we just happen to do it in a construction management world. And so we've taken those values of relationships and excellence and integrity and, and modeled in the servant leadership portion of it over the last seven years. And so we created a culture that makes us unique and that it's people-centered. And when, when our team goes out to clients and when we, work with different partners, we win projects that we're not the low bid and we're not the, the best value because they see value in the characteristics and the qualities that we're bringing in to help their organizations grow. And I, and I think that helps us be a differentiator because change management and relationships and the strategies of servant leadership are areas that everyone strives to get to, but they don't know where to start. So we can right. come in and and, and build that in a corporation that maybe is a municipality that hasn't really thought about this model before. Right, right, exactly, exactly. One of your values is family first. Mm -hmm. uh, and you put a nice little definition on it. Tell, tell our listeners a little bit about how you approach that, that value. Well, honestly, we were motivated by the Servant Leadership Institute in Daytona because as we were trying to Starting about 2009 is really when I started digging into leadership, the importance of leadership. How do I not just manage my team and manage the business, but how do I become a true leader? So we were looking at core values and all these different things. And, you know, over the years, we said, okay, we're going to change up our values a little bit. And, you know, at that point, Sarah and I, you know, were already talking about the business, even though we weren't working together yet. And family was just it's such an important thing to us. And we saw that that was a value of, you know, serve first was, you know, the servant leadership, but we know that Daytron also had, you know, family first and it just stuck. It was like, that is us because we are a family owned business, mm -hmm. but we also have employees that have families and we want to make sure that those employees and their families feel like they're being put first too. That, you know, if, if someone has a sick child, they have to go take care of them. That's totally fine. And then we take it to another level because we want our clients to feel that way too, that we're all about relationships. We care about, you know, the relationships that we have with our, uh, with our clients and we want to know about them. We want to know about their families. And so the whole family first is, 
yes, it's our family first, but it's also your family first. It's our client's family first. It's just a, a thought that it's not just about a business. It's about people and how they interact and people have feelings and people are going through a lot. And especially now people are going through a lot. So this family first value that we created years ago has come front and center through the middle of COVID. Yeah. yeah what I like about that is you talk about your clients' families first as well. And now you, you guys do most of your business, I think, here in San Diego County. Is that correct? Yeah. And I love that you think about your client's family first and impacting uh, how you serve them. That's pretty, that's pretty special. And and I, I would add to that because with all these Zoom calls and team meetings where people are at their dining room table or wherever, where there's kids in the background that are making noise or whatever's going on, you, it opens up, it almost forces you to open up and, you know, instead of being annoyed by it saying, Hey, you know, who's your kid in the background and, and just learn a little bit more about the people that you're actually serving. And those are the relationships that we love. We don't want to just serve a client. We want to know who the people are. Yeah. But yeah. I think our, you were really influential because one of our first servant leadership conferences years ago, you talked about how your team, if that phone rings and it's a family member, that they're encouraged to get up and go see what's going on. And that family first model changed culture. And, and it wasn't always like this for us. We were a client first, clients always right yes. culture. So shifting to family first was a challenge for some because it was like, no, clients first. And it was like, no, family. Your clients right. can't be family to you too if you serve them well. Yeah, and I think that's pretty special for, you know, for us, all our 90% of our business is done outside the United States. So taking that client family is real difficult for us because sure. we deal in so many different co countries. Here locally, it does set you apart because you, you really are valuing their time with their family, family and you're serving them from their, that perspective, which I think is pretty special. So. And the culture, I mean, you've I, created a culture in Daytron that can hold retention when people know that they're valued and their family is valued. And that's an important aspect because you didn't just hire the person. It's that person and their family. And their family, the right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you mentioned that as leaders, we're responsible for the employee and their families. Yeah. And yeah. if we can't keep that, that employee employed, we're going to impact their families. And yeah. yeah. And so it's... Uh, it's a, a lot of responsibility to be a leader uh, these yeah. days. So talk to us a little bit about the COVID-19 and, and some of the adjustments you guys have made in your business when it, this thing started back in March. Doesn't it feel like it's been years since it we does. It? <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> oh. Gosh, you know, David and I were talking about this just the other day, and I like to say as servant leaders, we've been training for this time for years, right? I think, mm -hmm. gosh, if, if you're a top-down leader, you are struggling in COVID. But as servant leaders in March, we were on vacation and we, we made a, a, you know, a decision on a Monday that we were going to bring the team in together on a Tuesday, gather at the table like we like to do as a team, and break bread together. And we said, okay, 
take everything with you. We don't, we think this is 14 days. Take your, whatever is going to make you comfortable for 14 days. <laughs> right, right. And tomorrow morning, we're going to be on a Zoom meeting. There's this thing called Zoom and we've, we've checked it out and um, we're going to do these Zoom meetings for the next two weeks together every morning at eight and just see how it's going. And so within 24 hours, we shifted our business online and still served on project sites. And now five months later. <laughs> I know, I, yeah. Well. <laughs> but, but we're thriving in the sense that we have a team that we already invested a lot of time and, and years of time teaching servant leadership model. So we already built trust. We already knew how to have conversations and really listen and try to you know engage with them no matter where they are and so I think having that employee first focus helped us remain really successful because they knew we trusted them to do the work they knew that we were available for them if they had any issues and just you know for construction uh, the rules changed every day for the first couple of months and so adapting to these really big visible clients that we serve at the airport or SDG&E and as a small company remaining in all the protocols while keeping employees not fearful and so I think that's the big thing is just this constant communication building the team up before this happened and setting ourselves up for success has really helped us remain on track to hit those goals still that we set last year. Right, right. And, you know, I want our listeners to understand, you know, you guys do business with SDG&E here in San You've done, I think you've handled them for quite a long time, haven't, haven't you? The first day I started 22 years ago, my first project was our first project with SDG&E. Yes, 22 years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just recently helped a group move into a new facility at San Diego Airport, if I remember yeah. correctly, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we were two two years into that project for moving the facility maintenance department at the airport with Sun Construction, and went on move time was April, and so we got a you know two years into planning to get a hard stop for sixty days, and shift our entire business model of bringing in, you know, 40 to 50 movers to just knock out a move to realizing you could have 10 or less people and all these new requirements and still meet your time goals for these right. clients. So yeah. it's a big adjustment, um, but realizing that change management and what we do well in, in kind of teaching people how to manage change for years really became our COVID platform of let's have right. some conversations exactly. about how we manage this well for you. Yep. And I yep. Think the, the overlying part of that is when it comes to moves, what we see a lot of companies don't do well is the communication with their staff. Mm-hmm. And we are all about transparency, all about being open. And, you know, we've heard you preach this through the Servant Leadership Institute and the conferences about being transparent, letting your people know what's going on. And, you know, not holding your cards closely. And that's kind of the philosophy that we use when we go into these big corporate relocations. And so we're, we're using that in COVID too, is you have to communicate, you have to communicate, over communicate. It's okay yep. to let everybody know what's going on because there's so much fear going on right now that that's just one thing you can, you know, ease your clients and ease your staff of, you know, telling them what's really going on and being clear and, and open. 
it just takes that little bit of fear factor away from everybody that's going through this craziness right now. Right, right. Now, I, I want our listeners to, to know we brought you guys in to help Datron. We're getting ready to move, or we're looking for a facility to move sometime in the next year. And one of the things that you brought up was how do we help our people be ready for the change that they're going to experience? And it was refreshing to hear people talk about the impact of employees, the change that they're going to go through, the impact on the culture, instead of just getting down to the task. Share with us a little bit about how you approach a new client and how you help people get through the change of picking up from one building to moving to another building. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, moving your company is one of the biggest things you can do. And it's one of the riskiest things you can do, because if you do it wrong, you could lose 20 to 50% of your staff if you look at them as people in boxes, right? And that's what a mm -hmm. lot of companies do. What's the smallest, tightest space I can put these people and how fast can I move them so they can get back to work? And what we realized years ago is People matter, they're the heart of your organization. And if you treat them like they're just a box and a number, you're gonna lose them. And so we created a model, we call it the stoplight effect. It's a really simple way to teach change management. We've taught it to all different levels of organizations. So if you think about any kind of change, if, if there's someone who's a red and, and it can relate to COVID even, uh, someone on red is like a hard stop they don't understand what's going on. They're not moving. They're gonna be the most difficult person you can have because they don't have information. They feel like no one cares about them. No one understands them. So you put those servant leadership practices really to the test with someone yep. who's a red, right? Like, yep. And, yep. It, and it's just trying to figure out what is it about this change? Is it that you're going to move 30 minutes and now your daycare is totally changed. And, and how's that going to impact your work and your flow? Because you've had this routine for so long. And then you have yellows who are cautiously moving into this situation, but they're sort of on board, but they just want some more information. They're assessing you. They're determining their, mm -hmm. where they fit in this model and they can shift either way. When people are yellow, you lose them from your organization the most because if you ignore them, they move on. And if mm -hmm. you talk to them and engage with them and try to have a dialogue about how they're feeling, um, which most people will never do, we don't care how you're feeling, we're moving a business, right? Right, like, right, exactly. It's a, it's a business, it's not personal, but it is to the employees. So that's what we teach companies. It's like people on yellow, you have to pay attention to. So that way you can engage them, you can hear them out, you don't always accommodate every aspect of what they want, but you have to listen to understand what they're concerned about and try to mitigate it. And then you have your greens. We call those your champions. They're your advocates. They love change. They want the new gym. They want right, the open yep. concept. They want light and bright, right? They're going to be a peer to all those people who are yellow and red. And you find the greens and then you launch them out to help sell it so it's not an executive level change it's a peer-to-peer -peer, this is good and this is why that's the difference of the way we look at a relocation it is we want to get your team from one place to the next and get them excited and passionate about it just like you as a leader are excited about it and have a different reason why this is good other than just monetary maybe right right what kind of feedback have you gotten with that approach after you've moved the company into a new facility? 
you know, it, it's pretty funny because people start self-identifying. <laughs> right oh, <away>. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. As we're going through the process, you know, we'll go to a week, either a weekly meeting or we're there, you know, just assessing the situation, doing some floor plans and whatever, walking the space. And somebody will come by that was a green or might have been a yellow. And like, I'm a red today, you know, and just... Mm-hmm. I'm fed up with this right now. I don't want to pack. I don't want to purge. I don't want to go through all this. Right. They start, they start calling each other out and they call themselves out. So it's really fun. And we use this on construction projects too. We use it just about everywhere we go when we start on projects because whether it's a construction project or relocation, it's still change. And so if we create this fun dynamic of people to be able to identify what position they're in and why they're in it, because people typically go into, and our, our experience on even a construction project is that some people are ready for it and some people don't want to be any part of it because it's going to disrupt their normal flow what they've done for the last 10 years. Exactly. So that, that's why we use it. And they, they're able to self-identify and even going back to clients six months later or a year, they're still, you know, joking around with each other and they're, they're actually using it. Sometimes management is using it in their own staff meetings. So it's really yeah. fun. It's really easy to follow. Yeah. The airport used it front page of their newsletter and now it's become just part of their language because change management is for everything especially now with COVID right if you use oh yeah this, yep. this concept to when you're having your team meetings and you can people are happy to self-identify that's the funniest part it's like we'll walk into leadership level in an organization and we've met them once and they're like I'm a red and here's why and you're like okay well thanks for letting me know yep yep <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the senior leaders in a company that you have to interface with. You guys have a unique situation with me in that we're moving. I think there's a certain size box we should fit in. And of course, the longer the COVID goes goes on, the smaller my box gets, right? Uh, <laughs> Everyone's I, at home. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> at home. So I'm going, this box has got to get a lot smaller. So my question is, how, how do you go about dealing with leaders in the company that aren't necessarily involved in the move per se, right? But have some unrealistic expectations uh, on how it should go or where it should go. (laughs) Well, maybe today I'm a red, right? Uh, That's a good question, Art. Well, you know, I think the the COVID-19, I think has changed, I know for me has changed my mindset on the working from home environment. I, I, Still not 100% behind it, but I've been days where I'm more productive at home than I am at the office, so I I can appreciate that. Um, So, yeah, it's the the mindset of having everybody at the office at the same time, having their own workstation, their own. I think that's getting challenged right now. Whether it stays there or not, I I don't know, but I sure like the reduced rent on the smaller footprint, right? Yeah, so that's the the leadership on you, right? Yeah, so let's 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 say for discussion's sakes today, Sarah, I am red today, okay? Got it. And and I'm a I'm a leader that's not involved in the move, but I definitely have some influencing capabilities on the decisions that get made. Yeah. Yeah, I think to be honest with you, this is where we start with all of our clients. We really work at the, the C-suite level. That's, that's where we excel because we're able to take our experience outside of your particular organization 
hear what your needs are, and then start to create a dialogue about, I hear what you're saying, you want the smallest amount of footprint possible for your organization, which as a leader, you should want to be fiscally responsible. Yep. But then we have to start having those different conversations of art. We know culture is huge for you. So if we go down and cut you in half, what does that do to your culture? And then we cut that in half again, what does that do to your culture? And so mm-hmm. understanding the goal of your organization is critical. And so when you have that leadership conversation and you start asking those types of questions, it might make you think a little bit more of, okay, what is the investment for 10,000 more square feet, but what's the return on 10,000 more square feet? If I know what's really important to my team is the gym, a collaboration open space, and light and bright, and if I condense them into four walls with no windows, how are they going to thrive, right? Right, Mm -hmm. If you build it to your wants and needs, are you going to lose half your people? Right. And so I think those are those hard conversations. It's at the end of the day, it's your decision on what you do. It's our job to make sure that we have minimized the impact to your company and get you the best result. Right. Right. I already sense that I think the next time you guys are in is going to be a day I work from home. (laughs) (laughs) well then we're not going to tell you when we're coming yeah exactly we know zoom works i want i want our listeners listeners to know that i'm not running this project right my (laughs) chief operating officer is who you guys are working with because i know this that's not my strength area is the movement i've done it before i really don't like it i plan to be somewhere else the the week that you guys are moving us so yeah yeah You'll be, you'll be on the boat. We'll, yeah, we'll exactly. Going. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I would say the other thing that we bring to this part of the, the relocation planning is, you know, myself background was in facilities management. Uh, my father was in facilities management on the hotel side before he started the business. And so we're always looking at things through the end user's eyes and yeah, Hey, we can cram you into this little box, but do you have room to breathe? Do you have room to grow? And, you know, COVID has changed everything completely and there are more people working from home and the collaborative spaces and the gyms and all those things are questionable but you can't completely throw them out because at some point you know the, there, there will be some uh, normalcy so I, you know i'm interested to talk with your facilities team and see what they're going through and, and what they have to uh, deal with as far as functionality in their space and what they're dealing with on a daily basis and really understand how the businesses run because talking to the executives is one thing, but talking to not only the facilities, but the people in the field that are running the manufacturing, we want to know what they're experiencing because, you know, they're, they're going to come up with ideas of, Hey, I think we can reduce by doing this, but it's really important that we keep this. And those are the questions that we really get involved in because we want to see how the facility runs after you move in and make sure that well ahead of time that's planned out. So there's no surprises and they, they know they can function well. Right, right. Let's switch directions here for just a minute. You guys have, you're active in social media. Tell our listeners what, why you're there, what you're trying to accomplish. I love your Coffee Talk Tuesday. I think once or twice I've said, hey, I want a second cup of coffee because uh, <laughs> the content was so good that day. Just share with people why you do that and what you hope to share with people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're passionate about leadership like you and we're passionate about serving others. And, you know, we're real clear on our why of positively impacting the lives of others. And we were sitting on a beach 
in our happy place in Hawaii a couple year, a year ago, a year and a half ago, and, and we were ready to take our leadership journey to the next level because we were coming on podcasts like yours and we were doing things for others. And we thought, how do we take this passion and how do we grow it to share it with, with our community? And so we started um, lead, with, lead With Coffee and originally it was going to be podcast right off the back. And we thought, let's just do two to five minutes coffee talk Tuesdays of just insightful tips to just launch people's morning and give them something to think about. And it really took off. It was one of those things where people liked to just hear little clips here and there. And we've used a lot of the servant leadership model because it's influenced us so much. So we'll have something going on and we'll talk about, you know, what does it mean to build trust and how do you build trust as a leader and to just hear a two or three minute clip of people who are in the trenches. I think people really relate to it. And she yeah. did mention was we're passionate about coffee. And coffee. And coffee. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. You guys <laughs> yeah. Do you have your own coffee shop yet or your, your kiosk or anything? Or yeah. That is our big dream. We we love Bob Goff and we did his dream big conference. We went to Hawaii a year and a half ago because we always said we were going to move to Hawaii and we would joke like you, you were gonna be a bus driver or whatever yep. in Hawaii, right? We always said we're gonna own a coffee farm in Hawaii. We take that love of coffee and our love of Hawaii. So we thought we better go. So we were sitting in Kona and had visited some coffee farms. And that's our big dream. When we retire, we wanna own a coffee farm in Hawaii where people can just be joyful and drink coffee with an ocean view. <laughs> Yeah, so you, you kind of let, let a little bit about my plans out of the bag. I uh -oh. mentioned me as a bus driver, and yeah, my, my dream, I had started with you guys, this was like 15, 20 years ago, we'd go to Hawaii every year, and we'd see these bus drivers picking up people and taking them down to the dock for snorkeling trips, and, and I go, you know what, I think I want to buy a bus. I want to be that guy that can dress in a wine shirt, uh, shorts and a wine shirt and flip-flops, drive people to the, to the docks, go down, have breakfast with my buddies at the golf course and maybe play nine holes, go back and pe pick people up at 2.30 and just do that every day, right? And I'm going, this, this is a cool place to retire. So when you guys get your coffee thing, I'll make sure my bus company over there brings people <laughs> to your coffee shop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. And, and David wants to mow the lawn at the golf course. That's his dream on the, on the coast. Well, I, I, I don't know about that. Well, it must be one of those lawnmowers you, you ride on. It's gotta be a yes. ride on. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I was out there running one day. It was in um, Hawaii. Um, it was a golf course right by Lului. And uh, I'm running down and I see this guy. I mean, the, He's right on the edge of the ocean with the mountains in the background, just cruising on his little um, tractor lawnmower. And I'm like, that's not a bad gig. Right. That's yeah. not a bad gig. What, yep. What's the stress for the day there? I, so that was the first thing like, okay, if we come to Hawaii, we're going to do this. But then we changed that to a coffee farm. So we'll have a lawn. I can probably mow a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to give you guys some feedback for the impact you've had on me with uh, sharing what you do in social media. Cause a lot of, a lot of folks my age, you know, I'm 66 now, we go, why do people want to share their lives in social media? I don't get that, right? Here's how you've impacted me. Uh, I follow you guys on, on, I think it's Facebook, and I'm becoming a little bit more involved with Facebook. I watch you guys get together almost every weekend with your family, doing something somewhere, whether it's Coronado Beach that we were talking about earlier, you just got back from the river uh, with your family. And sometimes that pops up while I'm sitting on my desk at work on a Saturday afternoon. I'm going, 
how come I can't be like David and Sarah? I mean, what am I doing here? This is crazy. And so you've had that impact on me a couple of times where I go, it's a beautiful day outside. Why am I worrying about work uh, on the weekend and not out spending some time with family and, and enjoying the sun out there? So for the listeners in my age bracket out there today, this is the kind of impact you can have in watching people like David and, and Sarah. And they work hard Monday through Friday, and then you guys go off and you have fun with your family. And that's how it has impacted me personally. It reminds me that I have better things to do on my weekends than worrying about, you know, Daytron. So thank you for that. Yeah. I, I would say this entirely started from Sarah's parents. Mm -hmm. Sarah's parents did this with her, her and her brother growing up. And, you know, those weekends when we're at the river were with her parents because that family bond close knit is so important to them. And it's not how I was raised and it's not my default to, you know, let's make sure we're doing something family wise. But Sarah, as far as, you know, whether it's going to the river as a family or doing things together, it's, it's how she was raised. And it's so important to her that she pushes it. And it, it's fantastic because, you know, our, we have three teenage boys. We have one that's going to be 18 this year and, you know, moving on to college, whatever college looks like online or actually going someplace. But the time is limited. The, the time is so limited and I see that now, you know, we have a 17, a 14 and a 13 and it's not going to be long that, you know, another 10 years, they're all gone. And, you know, we're, then we have time to do whatever we want to do together. So we're just doing everything we can to spend that time. So, you know, being a married couple, couple working together, it never turns off. We're working, you know, 24 seven, even uh -huh. when we're out there on a Saturday, we're still discussing business or whatever, but we're just doing things differently, but making sure that our boys feel like they're important. Like, you know, we're interested in their lives and, and we're, we want to pour into them. And Andy Stanley said something that we heard several years ago that when our kids don't have to be with us, that they want to be with us. So, you know, we say, right. let's go on vacation. And they're like, yeah, let's go. We want to go with, with our parents. Just like we do with her parents, we want that same thing. We, we want them to feel they have a safe place and that they actually enjoy hanging out with us. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, it's very intentional. And, and what you see may seem like it, it's just, oh, this is their lifestyle and this is how they live. But we have to be really intentional as owners to say, this business can be all consuming. Yes. But when right. we turn around in 10 years, who's going to be with us if our attention and effort only goes to this business and to our staff? You know, we want, like David said, we want a family that wants to be together. And so it's almost more work to, to be intentional about spending time as a right. family than it is to just stay and work on a Saturday, right? Because it's right. easy to keep in your routine. And I have to force David by saying to him, I booked it, we're going, and figure out how you can check yourself out of work because our kids matter and our time matters. And it typically takes them about 48 hours to kind of turn it off. But, but you've never, but yeah. he's never complained once he's in it. Getting him there is not easy. And yeah. I think, and for you and most owners who maybe grew up that way with their dads being very focused on business, business, and business, that's been a challenge to, to kind of change that cycle for him to realize you have two more summers left with these kids. That's it. Right. You think about it. And, and Andy Stanley was the big one that from a catalyst conference, we were listening to him and he said, I count the summers I have left. And I realized 
I can work them away or I can be present. And so that's what you're watching is you're watching us say, we wanna break those generational chains and some bad, some good and be present and do adventures. So it's a little heartbreaking. We were, we were actually supposed to be on a Hawaiian adventure, not at the river. That's our, our sacrifice for a year. And then we go with our boys. It's our time for the five of us to say, this is it. It's the five of us, no, nothing else matters. Right, right. I, I have to share a story with you. When we bought the company back in 2004, in 2005, we had a direct TV box put on the roof of the company. And the reason we did that was so we could watch college football on Saturday while we worked oh. and pro football on Sunday while we worked. Wow. Now think about that, right? You go talk about a mindset. I, I'm in, I'm going to be working seven days a week. And, and yeah. you know, that's what is ingrained when you buy a company. When we moved to the current location, we left the box and dish on the roof at the other building. We didn't move it over here because people were just coming in to watch football on the big screen and do work. And you're going, you're taking people away from family for football. And you go, okay, well, you could spend time with people, with your family at home. And it, it is a different mindset today. I think for me, I've learned how to turn things off on a Friday night. And what really helps me is go down to the boat. You know, I, I, I can lug my laptop. I can take all my devices with me. And I think I did that a couple of times and realized that I never took them out of the bag. So why am I lugging this thing down on the dock? It just doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. yeah. I would say, you know, because I, I do, I default to just go, go, go. And that's just my mindset. That's how I was brought up is just keep working and push harder. And I, I see a lot of companies that, you know, whether there are competitors or, you know, different different types of companies. And I see the owners just diving in, working 16 hours a day and doing all this stuff. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, yeah, they might have these multi, multi-million dollar companies and all this fame and whatever, whatever it is they want, these nice cars and all this stuff. But it's like, at what, what's the cost? What, what, what is the cost for getting that? And so we put in a lot of hours, but they're off hours. And, you know, we could go back to work. I wake up, at the crack of dawn so I can jump in and get a couple hours of work done before anybody even opens their eyes. Right. Exactly. Yep. But you have to adjust that. So you're not, so you are present when the kids are home and you know, right now everyone's home, which is a whole other rabbit hole. We <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so the, the work day has completely changed of, you know, in the middle of the day, you might have to go help a, a kid with, you know, at six, eight, six o'clock this morning, I was changing a bike tire so my son could go, you know, ride his bike today. And, you know, then work around that. So it, it's different, but it's so important that you are present for the kids when you are home and that you're not away all the time. And, and it's intentional that we, we do it that way. And um, we just hope that others will see that, especially now that they are with their kids of how important it is with that time together. Right. Yeah. When my kids were young, I have a daughter and a son, and I was just working like crazy. And the kids would ask me, hey, dad, can we do this on Saturday or Sunday? And I said, we, we'll see. And one day they asked me something. That it was just maybe a park or something. And I said, we'll see. And my daughter turned to my son and said, that means no. Yep. She was only like six or seven at, at the time. But she knew that those words translated into don't, don't count on it because it's not going to happen, right? I, I think we can relate to that pretty well right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that right? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's hard. 
hard. It's really hard because they're home and they see you home. They don't understand that you're working from right. home, right? right? And so it's a very different culture. And a lot of parents are having a hard time because our kids, when we're home, are used to us being available. And right. we're home, but we got an earbud in and we're always on a call. Like you were, like we never stop talking. <laughs> we never right. get a break, right? Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, for your story, it has to break your heart before you'll change your mindset. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there are uh, things that happen in life that really wake you up. David, you were, you did that in a meeting two or three months ago at Convene, uh, something you said that made me realize that, you know what, it's time for me to think about things differently. I won't share details, but it has to do with succession planning. Uh, I'll bring up those. We kind of promised we wouldn't talk about that before. Yeah, or Sarah, you brought it, and then I bring it up. So I didn't bring uh, it up, Mark. Yeah, we're not going to talk in detail. We're, that's why I brought it up towards the end of the uh, podcast, so we couldn't couldn't get into it. But yeah, you, you've helped me look at that differently and uh, realize that the baton needs to needs to pass on. It has to do with the more important relationship right now is with uh, my kids, as they see me as dad, not as CEO. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Warner had such a good comment for us and he's, he's, you know, part of your convene and we met with him together, just sharing some of our experiences um, and having different generations in a family business. And, and he had such a good comment where he was saying to David, when do you get to the point where you say, I want to love you like a father and not right. as a business partner. And I feel like for anyone in this situation, like ours, isn't that what every parent wants to hear and it's what every child wants to be able to say but when you're in business together you know it's just a different dynamic yeah it is you know and and you know chris my son he's the head of sales and uh we see each other every day monday through friday and you get to the weekend you go hey let's go sailing well it doesn't happen as much as we wanted to because we spent Monday through Friday together, right? right. We need a little right. bit of break. We can't spend seven days a week. Uh, he's got his own life. I've got my yes, own you life. Can. 24 yeah, yeah, twenty four seven. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You guys, yeah. Uh, so it's, um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 an interesting dynamic. Part of that being intentional, right? It, the reason you don't want to spend time together is because you don't want to talk about business anymore. So it's exactly. It's like, how do we separate business from our family relationship? And it's so hard being a family-owned business to have that balance without being intentional about, I don't want to talk about work. It's Christmas or it's Easter. Do not bring right. up work today. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's boundaries. It's, it's, we're a work in progress, just like you are. But every day we realize there's something we value more than the business. And how do we get back to that? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I take my hat off to you. You guys are realizing that early, early on, and I think it's going to pay huge dividends for you and your family. So keep it up. Any closing words you want to leave our listeners with to, today? Gosh, I want to thank you, Art. I mean, we, we talked about it a little, but you and the servant leadership team with Carol and Lisa and, and Brian and all the great people we've worked around for the last seven years, you were so instrumental for me when I was in higher education of bringing a platform of servant leadership into an environment where that was not welcome. But yet right, the, way yep. we, uh -huh. the way we integrated it was not intimidating. It was very engaging. And, and having you out at our retreats just helped build this relationship that you and I have been able to have for years. And 
and and having it now with with David and CBSI together, I just feel like this is you're like family to us, and and we love continuing to live life together, having this mutual respect and mindset for leadership. Yeah, it, it, having kindred hearts together in servant leadership is uh, is special, and you guys know it more than I do. That you know sometimes the world views that in a in a way that it's a little bit out there. And I think we're, we're living examples that it can change your life and it can change it for the better. And you can live life to the fullest with uh, uh, running a business and having great relationships with your families, your clients, your friends as well. It isn't one or the other. And I think too many people lose out because they think it's one or the other. I really appreciate having you guys on today. I thank you for taking the time to uh, add value to our listeners and you guys keep up the great work. You're doing a great job. Hopefully one day you guys will have some time to write a book or something. Yeah. <laughs> and start sharing things uh, or you just uh, keep, keep doing it through social media, right? Yeah. Uh, we'll be in Hawaii together. And yeah. we'll, share, we'll share our leadership with the lovely people in Hawaii. How about that? You bring them on the bus and we'll give them coffee and we'll have a leadership talk. All right. We're going to, we're going to start a, a servant leadership Institute on, I don't know, what's your favorite Island? Well, we want to own the coffee farm in Kona, but we want to live in Kauai, so maybe we'll do both. Okay, all right, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'll bring my boat over there. We'll just do some island hopping together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think yeah. it sounds perfect. All right, it's the start of a beautiful dream big partnership. <laughs> all right, great. Guys, uh, David and Sarah, thank you again for joining us, sharing with us, giving us some insight on CBSI. I will tell you guys here in San Diego that are listening, if you got any facilities type work, construction type work, give these guys a call. They will definitely add value and bless you in ways you will be blown away with. So guys, keep up the great work and thanks for joining us today. Thank you for listening to the Servant Leadership Institute podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Our newest publication, Equipped to Serve, 100 Ways to Help the Ones You Lead by Art Barter and Carol Malinsky is now available online through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Visit ServantLeadershipInstitute.com for logs, webinars, and more, all dedicated to servant leadership. Have an amazing day, and we will see you on the next episode.